time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. If you're like me, sometimes it seems like the world is spinning around you beyond our control or influence, and and yet we as humans tend to jump in and try to control, which is why this week's immutable law of living is control what you can and release the rest. What I'm trying to get to here is the fact that we often jump into control mode, and yet what we're trying to control are things we have no control of. And the things we could control, we tend to set aside and let them just happen. So what we're talking about in these laws are the fact that there are some basic laws of living that when we violate them, we violate them at our own cost. When we violate these laws of living, we find ourselves suffering the consequences, kind of like when you try to escape the law of gravity. It's not going to last long. You might be able to jump up pretty high, but eventually gravity is going to pull you right back down. And that's the same with these laws of living. It's not the same as breaking a law that the justice system might enforce where you might get a ticket and pay a fine. This is where just life is a little tougher when you try to violate these laws. And it's certainly true about control. We try to control so many things in our lives, and yet the areas where we could have some control, we tend to forget about. Why is that? Let's talk about some ways we try to control, kind of on the sly. One way that we try to control, I think, is worry. Worry is where we let those fears creep in and we keep mulling them over in our heads, trying to find some way of getting through, of some way of making it different, some way of changing what we're worried about. The interesting thing is most of the time, the things that we worry about aren't things that we have direct control over. In fact, they are things that we can't control. And yet we find ourselves worrying and worrying, waking up at night, thinking about things, waking up in the morning, thinking about those same things, finding ourselves daydreaming and worrying. And worrying is something that rarely gets us moving in any direction. So sometimes when we're worried, we're really focused on the things over which we have no control. Another way we try to control things is through denial, by not noticing. Notice how this happens in our daily life. For instance, you may be worried about the actions of your your children or friends or your spouse or workmates or other people in your life, and you worry about what they could do or what could cause them harm, and yet you can't do anything about it. And then denial comes in where you pretend not to notice the things that are happening. Maybe in your own life, you deny the things that are going on around you, and denial gives us a place of feeling like we're in control still, that we haven't lost control to whatever it is that we're denying. Denial is another way we play the game of control. The third way we play this control game is reactivity, the knee-jerk reactions that happen. Something comes out of the blue and we have a knee-jerk reaction because we want to regain control. Maybe you're driving down the road and somebody passes you a little close and you get a little little dose of road rage, maybe not too bad, but you know you pull up beside them and you you speak to them through the windows and you give them a gesture and you're trying to regain your control as you zip in front of them and pull 
towards them to, to prove that you can still do what you're going to do. And that's that reactivity that might come out. Or maybe it happens when a spouse does something you don't want. And so you find yourself suddenly yelling at them or fussing at them or arguing with them or trying to convince them of how they've done something wrong and how they need to do something different. There's a reactivity to that. Almost always when we're caught in a reactive place, it's because something has happened outside of our control and we're trying to scramble back into control. But many times, the place where we're trying to scramble back into control is something we can't control anyway. The fourth way that we do this control thing is probably the most common, where we make demands of other people that are unfair. We demand that our kids act a certain way, think a certain way, believe a certain way. We demand a spouse do something a certain way, think a certain way, agree with us a certain way. We demand coworkers to act a certain way, to do things we want to have happen. Notice that's one of those things about control. Control is about what I want to have happen in my world, regardless of how it affects somebody else's world. This can be seen very uh, nicely in families where when somebody is trying to control everybody else, everybody else is going to be on the losing end. The only winner, if they're able to carry out the control strategy, is the person who's doing the controlling. Everybody else has to give up something of their own life. And yet we all play the control game. There are lots of things that we try to control over which we have no control. So let's just talk through some of those areas that we really can't control as much as we would like to try. First, we can't control other people's thoughts, beliefs, actions, and attitudes. As much as we would like to control how people think about things, And what people believe, because we believe that what we believe is true. So we want to get people to believe things our way, right? And to think things our way. We can't control their actions. People do what they're going to do, regardless of what we do. We can't control their attitudes. They might do something, but not with the best attitude. (laughs) We can certainly look at this in parenting. In fact, one of the easiest places to look at this control mechanism is in the parental relationship because so many times parents want to control the thoughts, the beliefs, the actions, and the attitudes of kids who refuse to play that game. We have no way of changing what's going on in that little mind. We have no way of influencing what beliefs they choose other than exposing them to what we believe are the best beliefs. We can't always change their actions. And we certainly can't change their attitudes that they might carry internally around those actions. We may tell them we don't want to see the attitude, but that doesn't change the attitude. We also can't control physics. There are laws of physics that are pretty inescapable. Laws of inertia that impact the impact of a vehicle on another vehicle. There are things that happen. You know, If I were to run off a cliff, I'm going to fall because of the law of gravity. And Eventually, the law of inertia is going to cause me some harm as I meet the ground. Those are laws we can't change, at least while we're living on Earth. Physics is physics. Even if it's somewhere else, I might land softer. But physics is still physics. And we can't control what happens sometimes. In other words, to say this another way, we can't control the fact that sometimes things happen. People are injured. Things happen. The third thing we can't control is biology. Now, we can, we can work to uh, move biology around a bit, to assert some sense of change in biology, but we can't control biology. 
Aging is going to happen. Eventually, we are all faced with the end of our life. Eventually, illness can happen, injuries can happen. We can't change biology. Sure, we can influence it. You can eat the best you can and exercise the best you can, and still at the end, you're going to age. We're all going to die. That's part of life. And we spend a lot of time, a lot of effort trying to control those things. And I do believe that we should do what we can to influence those things, but we have to recognize that we can't stop biology. We also can't stop our own thoughts and our fears. We can't control them. We can decide whether we're going to follow up on those thoughts and fears. We can decide whether we're going to let them uh, have a lot of room in our thoughts, but they're going to pop in. I believe just in our, our way we're designed, our mind is designed to have thoughts, good thoughts, bad thoughts, helpful thoughts, not so helpful thoughts. We're just designed that way. We're also designed to experience fear to keep us safe, sometimes too safe. But that's the role of thoughts and fears. They're, they're there in our lives to get us to be creative and get us to be cautious. And I don't think you can stop that. Our heart is designed to pump blood. Our kidneys are designed to clean the blood. Our mind, I believe, is designed to create thoughts. It's just what the mind does. We can't control the fact that a thought might pop into our head. We do have a choice on whether we stick with that thought, whether we pursue that thought, whether we continue to ponder that thought, or whether we release it, let it go. The same with our fears. Something might scare you, but you have a choice on how you're going to act In spite of the fear, you can't stop the fear itself, but you can choose to act differently. The other thing we can't control are world events. We can't control, at least as regular people, we can't control the big things that happen. There are too many things at play, too many influences going on. And yet on a daily basis, I watch what people do. They worry and worry about what's going on. And we read newspapers and we watch the news to be updated. And I believe that part of what happens in that process is that we're trying to find some place where we feel like we have control. We build some sense of control by watching the news, even though nothing is really changing. I've had this discussion with a number of people who are news junkies. And I say, well, why, why do you watch the news? And they say, well, you know, you've got to be updated. And i believe that you do need to be informed, but I don't believe the news informs us. In fact, I've come to realize that the news serves a purpose, and that purpose is to have you watch the ads that make the money for the networks. So the stories that scare us, that keep us watching and glued, are the ones that help that process. The news is rarely news. The news is really a series of videos that somebody has to show that will keep you glued to the screen. That doesn't give us any more control, and yet I often think that that's how we've been fooled into thinking that if we're well-informed, we have some sense of control in our world. World events are outside of our control for the most part. We can do what we can to help those in need, but we can't control the big events. Which brings us to the question of how we get back into obeyance of this little rule, this law that control what you can and release the rest. Well, there are two parts to it, the controlling and the releasing. So you control what you can. What can you control? You, your aspirations, your attitudes, your actions. Your aspirations are what you want to move towards. Your fears just pop up. They're going to be there. But your aspirations are things you can choose. 
Where do you want to meet, build meaning and purpose in your life? Where do you want to create an impact in your life? You can choose the aspirations to move towards. You can choose your attitude. You can choose to have a positive mental attitude towards things, to keep moving in a direction even when things get in your way. For instance, you can either decide something is a failure or decide that it's a data point, for instance. You can decide that it's giving you feedback and you're going to continue moving towards what was important. That would be a positive attitude. Seeing it as a failure brings you to a stop. So you can choose your attitude. And you can choose your actions. This is what we've talked about many times as the responsibility, the ability to respond. You can choose how you want to act and sometimes whether to act or not. Those are all within your control, your aspirations, your attitude, your actions. You also have a choice about your boundaries, how you expect others to treat you. What are the no's of your life, how people cannot treat you that set your boundaries You get to choose your boundaries. You also get to choose your standards. What do you expect of yourself? What do you expect to live up to? Those are the standards that we carry with us. And those standards we can always choose. I've got some links in the show notes to other podcasts that have covered the areas of what we can control and boundaries and standards. So you can find those there. But those are the things you can control. What about the rest? Well, that's where we release the rest. And what does that mean to release it? I think the first step of that is to recognize what you can and what you can't change. To be able to look at something and discern between the two. In fact, I think that one of the skills of releasing is building the skill of discernment. Being more and more capable of seeing the difference between what you can control and what you can't control. And as you practice, you get better and better. Because there's always a question, can I control this? And if you can, to decide what you want to do about it. And if you can't, to decide to release that. Worry is fear, and it's usually about the things that we can't do anything about. So when you find yourself worrying, the question is, is there anything I can do about this? If there is, to take action. If there's not, take the next step. To breathe. To use your belly breathing. Remember that belly breathing is when you have one hand on your belly button and one hand on your chest. And the only one moving is that one on your belly button. We breathe only through the diaphragm. When you do that, you begin to relax the body and remind the mind that there's nothing bad going on. There's nothing to fear, really. And it calms the body down. So when you have that worry going on, recognize that your body is going into a fear mode and you can change that through your breathing. As you're doing that and you're working on discerning what it is you can change and what it is you can't change, you can also begin to build your gratitude and appreciation. They're the antidotes to the worry and the fears. Gratitude and appreciation are where you're looking for the things for which you appreciate in life and for where you can show gratitude to those places. As you do that, as you master the skills of gratitude and appreciation, you begin to move away from the worry and you begin to move towards the opportunities. The law here is that you control what you can and release the rest And this leads to a more thriving life as you decide to be more responsible for the actions and attitude and aspirations that you have, as you create better and better boundaries, as you raise your standards, and then as you release the rest over which you have no more control. 
This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.